Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm the therapist, Tess Brigham. And I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. Well, Che Pasa, everyone, we are back with our coverage of And Just Like That. This is season two, episode three, called Chapter Three. So, um, just, you know, some initial thoughts, Brooke. First first thoughts about well, this episode. Initial thoughts. So it's it's so now you know we're settling into these stories. Yes. You know, the first couple episodes were exciting cuz it was like, okay, it's back. What's happening? And mm-hmm. so now it's kind of settling into the stories and um and some of them are a little more interesting than others. Yes. Um yeah, I, I I hate to say this, but the the Miranda Che Diaz one is probably the most interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I felt like this episode was like broccoli. Mm-hmm. You know, I it was necessary, and mm-hmm. I understood why it was there and it needed to be there because it made it it was important and it and it made sense for the character of Carrie mm-hmm. and why and where she is and where she would be in her life right now but it wasn't fun. Do no, you know what I mean it was no. it wasn't It's still sad. It's still sad and it, and it so initially I felt a little betrayed, a little mm-hmm. bit like god damn it you told me there was going to be sex. <laughs> and and now we're back to this, we're back to grieving. Yeah, there's no sex in this episode. <laughs> not was, even Shay and no, Miranda. No, no nothing. Not even Brady. Nothing. No, no nothing, nobody. Nothing. Nobody. So, so that part was a little bit of like, oh God, we're back here. We're, we're going back. But at the same time, yeah, I, I understood it. And I have to say from a therapist perspective, I thought they did a very, very, very good job on explaining grief, showing what grief is, showing how grief is not linear, mm-hmm. showing how grief works, that it is 
and talking about things that are not talked about when when people talk about grief, mm-hmm. which is that that you know, and I hear this a lot as a therapist that people and it's just not talked about, which is people feel very uh, bad about burdening people with their grief. Mm-hmm. They feel like I can't keep going back to my friends telling them that I'm sad. I can't I can't keep going back to my partner or spouse telling them I'm, I'm upset about my mother's death or whatever it is. And I think that all of that's very real and why she lied to her friends, which is yeah. I think that I could believe was very truthful. Because look at what they, well, look at what she's put them through with this guy. Yeah. Just the entire first series uh you know then he stands her up at the altar yes you know and then they had to go to mexico with her on what was supposed to be her honeymoon and then yeah and then they had some other problems and then he dies and she's Mm -hmm. just kind of like she has a line where she says i can't put i can't put these friends through anything more or something Mm -hmm. you know and she's talking to Seema, i think but yeah, these episodes, I was saying, I always have to watch them twice because the first time I watch it, my reaction is always just kind of like, what? What is happening? <laughs> I have to like take it all in. Yeah. And then the second time when you watch it, you can kind of get the details of it mm-hmm. and really hone in on what the people are saying to each other. And then you're like, oh, OK, like, yeah, I understand this now. Yeah. So I, I understood why they were doing it and and it made complete sense because if she just went right into dating and having sex Mm -hmm. and doing all this i get that 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 doesn't really make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. and of course her having to record the book would bring up these things and having to reread that section and all of that like all of these pieces made complete sense i get it and yes that's exactly how grief works and her running into bitsy mm-hmm. that made you know that's a perfect way of doing it because you're running into someone else who really understands and um and a lot of times it's only other people that have gone through the same kind of grief that you've gone through really understand that because you and I have both lost friends of our own age. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is very unique because until you've experienced something like that, just, just as, um, you know, my husband lost his father when he was young. I think he understands other people have lost a parent when Mm -hmm. you are young. Like that is a unique experience. It's, it's, you know, people people who have lost their mothers when they're young, you know, they understand each other. So I do think that all of that rang true. It's just it's just more of, oh, God, this is not fun. And so then what happens is the rest of the episode then has to react to that. So then we have to have all of these goofy storylines react to the, the fact that this is the broccoli. Right, so it's not so it's such a yeah, downer. So, so we're having to eat all of this broccoli. So they're like, okay, well, let's pile on all of this other cotton candy and all this other crap. That you're kind of like, I don't want that either. Yeah. I don't want a milf list, that, which is so oh, stupid. That was, we'll get to that oh, in a yes, second. Yes, I have thoughts on that. Yeah, and yeah, and the Che, <laughs> the Che Miranda stuff is the most interesting stuff. Yeah, that come we come back to that. So that's yeah. <laughs> and, yes, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I know the expectations are so high. You know, I, I feel for the writers sometimes because. 
uh, yeah, we we have high expectations. Yes. So, you know, if we've been watching, we've invested so much into this show for so many years, 25 years <laughs> of our lives. <laughs> My God, it's not easy. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and I don't know. I, I But I also, I, at the same time, though, I feel like the writers also and the show itself, I don't know. I mean, I think they also... I don't know. They don't shy away from this either. I mean, they're not doing this in a vacuum Mm -hmm. either. I mean, they're, listen, all these actors are out there publicizing the show and talking, you know, talking about the show and trying to get as much PR as they can. So it's, it's not, it's, it's not like they're sort of saying, don't look at us, don't look at us. I mean, they want people to watch the oh, show. Yeah, I yeah, mean, so, so they, ex- I mean, I understand the expectations are high, but it's, it's not like they're sort of, they, they want to be watched and they, again, think they are doing this. They think they're doing amazing work here. They yeah, really, really they do. do. And it's, uh, and we and it's, think it's hit and miss. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we have a very different, um, perception of it, but what did you think about, I, I thought it was very, um, what did you think about the big excuse of like telling him that she had COVID? Um, well, I mean, I think they had to, I don't know if they purposefully were trying to, you know, bring COVID into it or, but it's sort of like, you know, like they were saying on the, the writer's room podcast, it's a get out of jail free card. Yeah. If you say you have COVID, you can get out of anything at yes, this point. Yes. So th- that was a perfect excuse. And um, well, I thought I thought for sure when I saw that storyline, I could hear Michael Patrick King, who is God, so insufferable. Yeah. I mean, just listening to him on that podcast, he's insufferable. But I could hear his voice in my head. But he never said this. This wasn't his reasoning. But I thought he would say, well, we just thought we had to use because COVID is the get out of jail free card. Yeah. It's like, I just knew we had to use that at some point as the get out of jail free card. So we were just going to have to use it right here and now. Just the way he talks. Yeah. Like, that's just a Michael Patrick Well, and just, just as a little aside, th- this is part of my problem with this show is that a 68-year-old gay man uh-huh. is running this <laughs> show. Yeah. Okay. About women mm-hmm. um most of whom are straight yes <laughs> and i'm just like okay yeah anyway that's just an aside yeah but i did i think i did think it was interesting that she because i i have i mean i don't know how to exp- explain this i mean it is just sort of like then you see all these scenes of her and what she does sort of how she kind of hides from the world Mm -hmm. and sort of her hiding from everybody and i don't know i heard heather mcdonald talking about it and her perception of it was that carrie was just lazy that it's like how lazy are you that you're just kind of like hiding from the world and like Mm -hmm. just read the damn thing i hide from the world every day (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm not lazy. I'm doing things. But yeah, no, but, but just but again, that's the that's her. She's grieving. This is yeah. her response to grief. And she's she but she does take solace in her downstairs neighbor, Lizette. Yeah. Who, um, you know, it's kind of a distraction for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's a, a jewelry designer and she's creative and she's trying to support her. And, you know, they they really seem to be forming a friendship. And so. 
I don't know. I think I think that's interesting. You know, like you said, she can't <clears throat> she can't go to her core group of friends because yeah. she feels like she's burdened them enough. Yeah, and and then they're not really going to get it. I mean, that's the other part about grief that's so hard is and why a lot of times people don't go to their friends is one one piece of it is most people say the stupidest things yeah, to people. Yeah. I mean, like they're in a better place yeah. or whatever it is, and. And I think that the minute Charlotte said to her, oh, yeah, Miranda and I were talking, we think you're doing such a great job with all of this. Like, that was the moment she realized, like, oh, crap, I can't say anything else. So I think that um, that it, you know, for her, yeah, Lizette, again, represents, you know, a version of her life that doesn't involve big or anybody, death or yeah. anybody else. In, anyone else in her previous life. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's nice and exciting and it's it takes her away from that. But I don't know. I think I do think it's interesting how people perceive her as being just someone because she really doesn't do much. I mean, if you really think about it at this point. Yeah. Well, she never she just, has. Yeah. I mean, but before it always seemed like, well, she wrote this weekly column. Yeah. <laughs> that she made, you know, thousands of dollars from. Well, she had her, her podcast. Up until last yeah, week. And up until last week, she had a podcast that she did once a week. <laughs> but here she is. And, and then she, she has, buys all, goes out and goes yeah. on a shoe shopping spree. Yes. But it's just funny. It's just, it's always been the same thing where it becomes more and more glaring of the fact that Carrie just doesn't have to work because she, you know, she's yeah. living in this studio apartment. Well, now <laughs> she's she, a millionaire. Yeah, now she has Biggs money. Yeah, yeah so but, she's got lots and lots of money, yeah. but it's just, it's just this one job that she has and she's bailing on it yet again, you know, but it's understandable yeah. why she doesn't want to do it. But she, her, I, I like the fact that the end was that she, she had to do it and she needed to do it because she did need to read it. Mm-hmm. It needed to come from her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I like that she got pushed into doing it and being pushed into having to do whatever she needed to do to push past it. Mm-hmm. But again, I felt like again, broccoli and all of these other pieces around it. And I felt like Seema's storyline was there to, to bring this one around. And again, all of the other ones were around there. To bring yeah. this one forward. Yes, Seema still really only has a connection to Carrie in any meaningful way. Because even though she's going out to lunch with mm-hmm. these other people, they don't they haven't really made that connection. But her big storyline this week yes. is that her Birkin bag is stolen. Yes. And, you know, of course Birkin bag is so, you know, I don't know, two thousands or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but. and that was another one that that they were talking about on the writer's room podcast of like, oh, Birkenbags are so, you know, old school, but they wanted to reference the first yeah. series where, um, you know, very famously, um, Samantha Jones represents Lucy Liu and pretends that she gets this Birkin bag for Lucy Liu and Lucy Liu steals her Birkin bag. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And um, one thing, you know, I'm, I'm really disturbed by Seema and all her smoking. Really? Smoking in bed, smoking um, everywhere. Yeah. She's just smoking everywhere. You know, I... Well, she is very distressed about the Birkin. <laughs> yeah, but in every every episode, yeah, she and smokes I, all the time. Yeah, and I guess Carrie kind of gave up on her smoking time. I guess she's not going to smoke anymore. No, she's not going to go back to that. Um, which... Yeah, I guess not. I mean, yeah, 
it is interesting and it is interesting that no one's i mean i guess no one's gonna say anything to her well maybe maybe uh, not maybe it'll become a storyline I don't know. I mean, maybe in New York it's different. She hangs with a more sort of cosmopolitan European European crowd. I mean, yeah, the guy she was with, you know, was smoking in bed too and smoking around the clock. But I just think it's interesting because you just don't see characters like that mm-hmm. smoking anymore on TV. Yeah, I also think it's yeah. I, I mean, I think it's. Yeah, I'd be curious of women women that age. I think that by the time she's supposed to be in her early 50s, right? I mean, 53? Yeah, maybe mid I mean, come on, let's be realistic. I mean, she's... I think the character's supposed to be 53. So, yeah, oh, I do okay, think that at least. 53, I, I do wonder. Yeah, the smoking is a little odd. Yeah. It is. Yes. But, but she also wouldn't look that good if she was smoking all the time <laughs> like that. But yeah, the smoking, the smoking is, it is a lot. I think that they were do, they were having her smoke a lot just because she was in distress about the Birkin, but it is, it's much. But the whole Birkin storyline was, that just felt silly. And when they opened up the show that way, I was like, oh God, yeah. you've got to be kidding me. This is all about. It also felt like a scene that had already been done in, yeah. in Sex and the City at some or, point. It, and it has, and it's been done in a million different things, like. You, you, you know what what do we really need to see this and i understand again i understand they had to show us her getting that thing the, the birkin stolen to connect to carrie and the loss and lisette and the jewelry and i want to mm-hmm. do do, do want to talk about the jewelry robbery yeah. the worst robbery ever <laughs> um and that i understand all of that all of that had to interconnect but again you can't find some she can't lose or have something else taken from her that has a bit more significance but again they had to make it funny mm-hmm. because this other thing is so heavy well and she tried didn't she say it was the first thing she bought when she made, made it, her first yeah. big sale which so i i had sentimental that significance value. of it yeah. but Again, they had to make it funny by having her walk outside of her townhouse and have it stolen from her. Yeah. Know? It just seemed a, li- a bit um, slapsticky. Yeah. I guess. But I, but I keep coming back to my point that I made last week, which was, again, they have too many friggin' characters. So you get slices of her. You get these slices of Seema, mm-hmm. of that scene. And that scene lasted like two seconds. Mm-hmm. And then you get another scene of her and Anthony. All we saw of Anthony was him for a minute at a lunch with Seema. Mm-hmm. And that's it. When Carrie tells her them she has COVID. Yeah. And that's it. And, and, and then you see her one last time with Carrie at the end. You know, I mean, it's not enough. And, yeah. and so you kind of feel like, okay, great, have her, but then why do we also have Nia? I mean, <sighs> okay, well, so clo- to close that yes. loop, let's talk about the jewelry show. Yes. So um, Lizette is, of course, one of Bulgari's yes. top three, whatever. It's like all these people get are so famous so quickly. Yeah. Um, so she's having this jewelry show in Bryant Park. It's fashion week, I guess. She's one of the top three young designers to watch. Yeah. And basically in a nutshell well so Seema and Carrie are there Mm -hmm. and in a nutshell this guy just starts putting all the jewelry in his uh he's like disguised as a cater waiter Uh starts putting all his all all of her jewelry in his bag and he's stealing it and everyone's freaking out and there's no security and then Seema pulls out of her bag her new bag her Mm -hmm. little bag 
what looks like a gun, yeah. but turns out to be a lighter of some sort. Uh huh. But she scared the guy off. Yes, but he worked. did. But he took a. It was too late. Like, which was so because he was asking Carrie for her Carrie necklace. Yes, as if, as if a robber would want if that thing costs like thirty five dollars yeah. online. Well, well, and she's like, no, it's my my nameplate. You yeah. can't take it. <laughs> well, what I love is this guy doesn't have a gun, a knife, right. a bat. Nothing. Nothing. He has nothing. All you needed to do, Carrie, is run in the opposite direction. Right. Or any either of you. They're right. both of them are just standing. He's like, give me your jewelry. It's like, just no. No, what are you going to do to me? Well, to be fair, having been a bank teller who was robbed but Brooke, those at gunpoint... Guys, okay, but you, though, they had shotguns. Well, no, I don't know if they had guns or not. It was all a blur. I honestly can't even tell you if they had a gun. All mm-hmm. I know is all of a sudden... There was a young person. I could tell they were young mm-hmm. by the way they moved and stuff. They were small with ski masks on, like jumped up on the counter and is in my face yelling at me. I don't know if he had a gun or not. Mm-hmm. It was, I didn't even know what he was wearing. I couldn't even give any kind of description. You freeze. Mm-hmm. You absolutely freeze when that happens. So in their defense, <laughs> you know, it's, uh-huh. it's very strange. And I think it took them a while to figure out what was happening mm-hmm. you know because because it was so weird because yeah. he's just putting stuff in his pockets yeah no i understand that part because we've all been there in these weird situations where you see someone and you're just like oh is because they were saying that oh is he moving it oh yeah. is he redistribute like they couldn't figure it out but she had enough wherewithal to go oh it's my favorite name she wasn't frozen like frozen in that way she was fro- like oh it's my favorite nameplate it's this it's that it's like so she wasn't that frozen i just feel like but he wasn't even threatening her he was just like give me your things <laughs> she's like this is the worst robbery she we've seen carrie get held up at gunpoint before he the guy had a gun we saw that oh, when in, in the, the, the sex and manolos yeah. yeah so that it was just so weird well in the same she did the same thing she's like no <laughs> these are my favorite pair i yeah. can never get them again yeah that's always her response so yeah but you're right like why would you want a carrie nameplate <laughs> no. necklace no that he wouldn't yes but um anyway so that loop is closed yeah though, well so she story. lost so again she of course li- of course he takes everything of hers mm-hmm. and there's no security for this party mm-hmm. um and uh which is of course very interesting that they decide to have this this party where they have thousands and thousands of dollars worth of very expensive jewelry with two rent a cost right out, in the, <laughs> right out yeah. in the open and so she of course loses everything and and I mean, I think that that is, again, you, they're trying to find these ways of looping these things around to connect to Carrie. Yeah, right? Carrie consoles her mm-hmm. and, you know, tells her she'll she'll make it up. She'll, yeah. she'll make it up. She'll, she'll, yeah. she'll go on. Yes, yes. Just as Carrie Just will. as Carrie is going on. She after, will go on after, after her, big. After her loss. Um, so... We can talk, a li- I mean, the Naya stuff is... Yeah, so I guess, so Miranda connects um, LTW with Naya because LTW is making a documentary about, um, I don't know if it's about this woman, Constance um, Baker, I'm butchering the name, Constance Baker Mosley, who was 
like one of the first or maybe the first black woman appointed to federal court. Anyway, very famous jurist, lawyer. Um, so Naya comes on because she's mm-hmm. a um, a professor and a lawyer. And so she's interviewing her. So they connect those two mm-hmm. that way. And yeah, then it becomes so they're, you know, they're doing this serious documentary, but then it becomes kind of silly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Naya thinks that the audio guy is yes. cute, and I guess it gives her gives him her number. Yeah, we don't actually see that part, but then later no. later she says, "Oh, the the cute camera guy texted me." Yeah, and that's I, it. It was pretty silly, and then and then they go off to this lunch where then Charlotte's there. Yes, and was Anthony there? No, no. Okay. it was it was just Carrie, Charlotte. Naya LTW. Oh, Carrie was there? Yeah. Because that's where Charlotte says to Carrie, Miranda and I notice how well you're doing. And then Naya and LTW go to that. They meet them there after that documentary. And then they talk about the MILF list. Which I think is one of the most ridiculous offensive storylines on a TV show I've ever seen. The MILF list? Yeah. Yeah, I I do want to talk. You want to talk about the MILF list now? Sure. Okay. So the MILF list thing, and and I understand why they did the MILF list, because they wanted to do something, quote unquote, light and silly to balance out this other part. Oh, you, you mean pedophilia? Yes. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> like, yes, yes, silly. Yes. And okay, <laughs> okay. But but hold on. I'm just I'm just yeah, telling you. Okay. This is what Michael Patrick King is thinking, and the the, the uh, other two the other two female Lisa and Julie. This is what they're thinking. Okay. Right. We need something silly for these other women to do, and I you, and then the, I just on their podcast they're talking about how. Julia, is it Julie? Julie and Elisa. Julie and Alicia. Alisa. Alisa. The they both have kids in school, uh, one in private school, one in public school in New York, and they were talking about how all of these schools now are in this modern world are feel really uh, a lot of pressure to be uber sensitive to mm-hmm. everything that's going on in the world and in their minds and this is a part that i thought was weird was they felt like a milf list was a way to talk about something that could offend the school but wouldn't truly be offensive mm-hmm. and i remember watching this going this was my initial reaction before i even listened to the podcast or heard their thought process behind it was number one was no Gen Zer is going to use the word MILF. Right. Because that is such That's a, gone. that is such an old word. Yeah. Number two, if this was the reverse, if this, if you were all objectifying a young 16 if it was year old. was a DILF list. Yes. Or, if it was a DILF list or if it was a group of ma- dads looking ranking, at a young. Ranking like young women. Women. Yeah. Because there is another scene where a group of moms are objectifying one of the kids, one of the boys. Who they He's 15, think, 16. They think he wrote the milk. Yeah. List. So again, yeah. if that was reverse, if that was a girl and these were a group of dads, we would all be mortified. So, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is, it is offensive. It, it is, is wrong. Offensive. It is weird. And I, and I don't think that they're being 
I don't think the school is being like really uppity by being like, oh, this is not good. Like we do really need to not be doing this because I, and I'm not trying to be Miss PC here. I'm just simply saying that I don't think it's really good to be teaching people to rank people based on looks. And, and I just don't think it's a good thing to get into this headspace of teaching people to rank people on their looks well i mean in okay. general <laughs> but first of all if if a if a boy now mind you this is like a i don't know is it a high school or is it a junior high or is it I it's a high school okay right yeah. i guess yeah I, okay. it is because i think yes it's a high school but what's but ltw's kids it's probably one of these private schools it's like a k through 12 private school uh-huh. okay now my and i know about this my daughter went to private school k through 12 yes there's this environment where, yeah, they're ultra sensitive. They always want the parents to know that, oh, any little thing, we're going to nip this mm-hmm. in the butter, take care of it. But if it was a, th- a situation where a teenage boy or a group of teenage boys circulated a MILF list, they wouldn't have it. They wouldn't bring it up at this PTA meeting or whatever that they're doing. Mm-hmm. They would address it with the students, mm-hmm. you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been handled in this manner. And again, we're talking about teen boys okay and and then the way that the way that charlotte and ltw react they're all giddy about that the fact that they're on the list it's like excuse me if a 20 year if a 25 year old if you're 50 and a guy in his 20s thinks you're a milf that's great that's flattering Mm -hmm. okay if a 16 or 17 year old thinks you're a milf and you're in your 50s and if you're giddy about that you're gross Mm -hmm. and the whole thing just felt really gross to me yeah yeah and I just couldn't believe that it was in this show. Yeah, it, you know, and and then their their justification about how oh this is how private schools deal with this kind of stuff. Well, no, not really. I mean, if it was an issue about racism or or uh, sexism or something where they wanted to use it as a teachable moment, mm-hmm. then yeah, schools do do that. You know, mm-hmm. they. But for the most part, these private schools want to sweep anything negative under the rug. Oh, yeah. And something like this would have been dealt with very differently. So they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. And this goes back to what we were talking about with season one, which is, you know, the fact that they were so heavily criticized for the fact that they weren't paying attention to anything in the first in in the first go around. And so in the second go around, they're like, oh, we're going to we're going to be so mindful of everything. And then here they are. They're like, oh, we're going to pick something that's that's not, quote unquote, offensive. And then it's like, no, it is (laughs) like you're not getting the point. Like You've completely missed the mark on all of it. Like there were other things that you could do where about things that maybe were maybe too sensitive about that you could talk about but this a milf list yeah i mean on so many different levels and you're absolutely right that it, it you should not be flattered when an underage child finds you attractive yeah, and it's it's not cute it's not funny it's not any of those things yeah and again I just, I was so shocked with that scene where they're objectifying. That boy was 16 that was walking by. Yeah, they're like leering at him. Yeah. And they're like, oh, is that, is that the one? What is was that the it? one? Will- Milo. Milo. Milo H. They're like, is that the one? And they're all staring him down in the hallway. And he's sort of looking at him with this kind of Tom Cruise boyish mm-hmm. sort of, oh God. Yeah. It was really, really gross. I can't believe they did it. Yeah. It was, 
Yeah. Again. I mean, and I get, and, and again, I get why they were, I mean, I get why they were doing it. And I think that they could use Charlotte and LTW differently because I think they were trying to show like the two of them being funny and playful and silly yeah. and being maybe different kinds of moms at this school. There's a million things you could have done anyway. So stupid. It's just like. It was stupid. And yeah. so that, I think that was the extent of um, all their whole, thing. Their whole yeah. appearance in this. All right. Episode. So let's talk about Che and Miranda. Okay. So Che and Miranda, they are in L.A. And we start out by seeing Miranda um, running lines with Che. And, you know, obviously Che is anxious about this. Po- stress, about very stress, stressed very out. stressed out. And, um, you know, it, it's... I don't know. I, I think I think this shows you what a good actor Cynthia Nixon is, how well she does reading these lines as a non-actor <laughs> to her. I was, I'm always amazed when actors try to be non-actors. I think the two of them do a really good job at this. And this whole storyline is, it, I think, they obviously have to get Cynthia Nixon back to New York. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a really good... I thought this yeah, was, was a very, very good job yeah. of how do you get how do you get Miranda back to New York in a very authentic way? And what's the one thing that would bring her back, which is Brady. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we see her, um, we see them running lines. Obviously, Che is very, very anxious about the show. And we see this one scene, they're running lines from this one scene where, um, Tony Danza (laughs) and Che are having this conversation about Che being non-binary. And, um, and this is what's making this is this big emotional scene. And my guess and Che is worried about being able to hit these notes. And this anxiety around this is making Che really anxious. And because um, she's supposed to cry in the scene. Yes. She doesn't know if she can she can hit do it. that mark. Yeah. And I think there's something much more that's going on here that I think may re- get revealed later on in the series. Like, I, I still feel like there's some, there's stuff with Che there's that we're not seeing. Yeah, there's something triggering Che about this show and this mm-hmm. everything that, that it's triggering her. It's bringing up something from her childhood or something. Yeah. yeah. Something going on Because with she's very uncomfortable. She's just coming yeah. out of her skin uncomfortable. Yeah. She's not herself. Well, yeah, it really bothers them that that um, that this idea of being non-binary would make them unhappy, mm-hmm. you know. So, but all of the writing, I have to say, all of the writing for the sitcom is so right on. The way that My Little Cannoli, the, the mm-hmm. jokes, all of that is so right on. Yeah, so Miranda, she has <clears throat> a couple things going on. She... You know, she lost her phone. Yes, yes. Last uh, which actually now all of that makes sense of why she lost her phone. I mean, I guess that connects now. So they convinced her to get an Android phone. She doesn't know how to use it. Mm -hmm. She keeps missing all these calls from Brady and who was uh, in Europe with his girlfriend was Louisa. Yeah, and Che is telling her, "Oh, don't worry about it. He's with his girlfriend. Europe having fun. He's not thinking about you." And but she has a, a sixth sense that, mm-hmm. you know, he there is something wrong and um, he hasn't called in a lot of days. And then randomly, when she's at the, the cell phone store, there's a tattoo parlor next door. And she just <laughs> kind of randomly decides, should I get a tattoo? Yeah. And yeah. Um, she goes inside and talks to the guys trying to figure out 
That's a great, and that's a do. really great scene between her and what was that guy's name, Ricky? I forget, but yeah, yeah, because he's telling her how you know this tattoo really has to reflect where you are in yeah. your life right now, and <laughs> you know you got to figure that out for yourself. And because she's asking him, well, should I get this robot? <laughs> <laughs> Because she made some reference to feeling like a robot. Yeah, or, when she worked at the corporate law yeah. firm all those years. and um, Yeah, so, it, and then she calls Carrie and asks her about the tattoo. And Carrie's like, why do you want to get a tattoo now? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what is the point? And um, so anyway, so she's still waiting for this call for Brady. So she, she shows up at the sitcom taping. And, of course, they take everyone's cell phone. But mm-hmm. she's not going to give up her cell phone. Yeah. Because Brady Again, might call. Which is so... I would just like to say, as someone who's been at these sitcom tapings, Miranda, as Che's partner, would get to be in the be on this downstage. She wouldn't be right. She would be in the in the line. Because trust me, you would. I've been on these. I've done this many many times. You get to be on the back and on the sound stage, and you get to be on the trailers. You would be. She she would be. Miranda would be in Chase trailer. Like anyway. So anyway. So she she swears she doesn't have a cell phone, and they they (laughs) let her in. She puts the cell phone down her pants. And so the taping starts and, you know, it's going really well. And Che and Tony Danza are really hitting yeah. it and everything's going well. And then all of a sudden Miranda's phone starts ringing. Uh, and uh, you could see that coming from a mile oh, away. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. knew the minute she put that phone down her pants, you're like, oh, this is going yeah. off at the worst yeah. time. So and the the woman who or the I shouldn't say woman, the the uh, non-binary person who's the the producer writer. writer producer, yeah. Yeah. Um, they just go apoplectic. Yes. <laughs> Which was, I mean, that person is kind of weird to begin with. And then the phone goes off and, yeah. and, uh, they just uh, like go crazy. Miranda has to slither out of there. Yeah. Um, that actor, Abby McEnany, she, um, I don't know if, I don't know if, I don't know if Abby is non-binary, but check out. Abby's show, Work in Progress on Showtime. So good. Yeah, I saw some episodes of it. So funny. Um, Of course, that's not very realistic because they would have never thrown that kind of fit. Yeah. But I thought that how they did that whole section with Miranda being this mother and her, why she would stuff her phone down her pants is so Mm. real because you know we're both mothers and and really what was happening is she's you know she hasn't been able to reach brady for days she finally gets brady he's crying and Mm -hmm. he says something to her to the effect of i wish that car had hit me yeah so he he reveals that um his girlfriend broke up with him Mm -hmm. he's in europe alone he's miserable he's sobbing on the phone a car almost hits him and he says oh i wish it would have hit me and Miranda just says, come home, mm-hmm. you know, come home, come back to New York. I'll meet you there. And she yeah. immediately goes into mom mode. She books a flight to go back to New York. She calls Charlotte. Yes. Because here's the thing. It's like, and I know, like, I've been through this <laughs> many times. Like, here's the thing. Like, today, it's so hard to be a parent of a young adult because, you know, when we were younger, we might say something like, you know, if I wish the car had hit me or I, I wish I was dead or something like that. And our parents would have been like, oh, God, please, you know, mm-hmm. come on, buck up. Yeah, <laughs> that's Which what, is exactly that's what our parents exactly. would have Buck said up to us. was their favorite. Yeah. Um, get <laughs> their, over yourself. Get over it. Hang tough. Um, these days, we'd, 
we can't just say that mm-hmm. because my daughter, who's 20, has had several friends commit suicide. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still have yet to know someone uh, like a friend of mine who's committed suicide. Thank mm-hmm. God. But it's a whole different ball game. And the world is much harder to live in. Yes. And um, young adults have a much harder time moving through life. And I do think young adults look around, they see this happening, and they do think of these things and see it as an option. Yes. And as a parent you, of a young adult, you worry about that every day. So when Miranda said, you know, yeah. I was like, yes, yes, Miranda, mm-hmm. go back to New York. Mm-hmm. And she checked in with Charlotte, and Charlotte... Um, said no you know you're right come home you mm-hmm. need to come home and sh- talked about he s- sounded suicidal you know they even used mm-hmm. the word suicidal mm-hmm. which i thought was really spot on and i've really related to that whole thing yes no i thought that was um i and i think one of the i think it was in was it sex in the city to the second movie i thought one of the the one good part of it was when Miranda was talking to Charlotte about parenthood Mm -hmm. and because Charlotte was having so many problems with Rose and I thought that was one of the better parts of it. This is one thing that has always connected the two of them is the fact that they're both parents and Mm -hmm. both mothers. And I love that she called Charlotte, that this was the one person she could talk Mm -hmm. to that could relate to her in that moment in time. And you're absolutely right. And the other thing is, is that this is the other thing about teens is, is that teens and young adults, you know, your brain's not fully formed. So you're also very impulsive. And this mm-hmm. is what happens a lot too, is that, that young people, y- you know, they, yes, it feels like, oh, they're just saying they're going to kill themselves because they're just upset right now. They'll get over it. Right. But that impulsiveness that yes, that statement feels impulsive, but they are impulsive people. So they do impulsive things. Mm-hmm. So yes, while they, yes, things will get better for them. They don't know that. And, you know, young people, especially young men do these very impulsive things. Mm-hmm. And, I've listened, I've read, I've had clients, I had a client whose son committed suicide at 16, you know, with a gun. And I've read his suicide note. Mm. I mean, it's one of those things where you're just, it's, it's, it's one, one choice that you make and everything gets altered. So yeah. I don't blame her one iota for just being like, time out, gotta go. See you later, Che. And, and I think that this is, I think a lot of people felt like Miranda was so weird and different and goofy and all of these things. But I didn't feel like Miranda last year swung that far away from who she was. I think that Miranda felt very stuck and needed to shake up her life. But Mm -hmm. Miranda's still Miranda, you know, and she's still a mother and she's still going to do the right thing, which is this. Yeah. She's going to go home, you know? Yeah. So she has to confront Che, tell Mm -hmm. her... That tell them that she's going back to New York. And of mm-hmm. course, Che is very dismissive yes. of, of this and saying, again, oh, he'll be fine. And saying, well, this is really important to me. And she says, well, Brady's the most important yeah. thing to me. Yeah. And I was just like, yes, Miranda. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Miranda is back. Thank <laughs> God. She has come out of this fog that I feel like she's been in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back to like what's important. Yeah. Because you, you left your child. Like, 
to come out to California to be with this person that you barely know. Mm-hmm. So go back and, you know, fix this. So she does. Yeah. And they reunite in, in New York. And we still haven't seen Steve. Well, I think we'll see him soon. I yeah. think we'll see him next week. Because it looks like they're going into family therapy. So yeah. or some some sort of version of family therapy. But yeah, I thought all of that was very smart. And I and I like the way they ended that so that she the way she said to Che, which I think is a very mature thing, which is, do we have to end like this? Mm-hmm. Because she wasn't gonna back down. Mm-hmm. She wasn't gonna pretend like, no, you're right. This your pilot is more important than my child it was like listen that's the most important thing to you this is the most important right. thing to me can we just end on yeah a we don't have no. to we don't have to come to a yeah <laughs> a, any other agreement than that you and know? can we kind of get to a happy place yeah. and then you know what's going to happen so and and i think that the whole situation with che and this pilot i think all of this is very very interesting and i think it's very realistic of what happens and god that tony danza is just <laughs> just so lovable you know he really is such a great sitcom he's dad america's dad <laughs> he is yeah. he's just america's sweetheart what can you do i know there's not there's not many of those left those yeah. lovable tv dads they either turn out to be creeps or they're dead oh or, yeah that's true you know, it's like we, we lost Bob. Bob Saget last year. That is true. uh, Or they do turn out to be creeps, you know, like the dad from Seventh Heaven. Yeah. Was a child molester. And and of course, Bill Cosby. Ugh. (laughs) The worst of them all. The worst of um, sitcom dads. So, so God bless Tony Danza yeah, for keeping it together. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, the show, the episodes are 45 minutes, but it still feels like. It, 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 it still, some parts feel really, really long and other parts feel really short. Mm-hmm. You know, some parts just feel like, God, why are we wedging this in here? Mm-hmm. You know, and then other parts you're like, oh, we're still on this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it is interesting, you know, to see how they weave this all together. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never, listening to this writer's room podcast Mm -hmm. i i have a new appreciation for writers and how they you know because you have to know from episode one like what's going to happen in episode 10 because you've got to set all these things up and it's all got to make sense and go together so you know i i think they do a great job of that i still think that some of the stuff they focus on is like i said unrealistic um maybe not i don't know just not just wrong they Mm missed the mark but Yes. Don't we all? Yeah. Well, which, what can you do? Anywho, we'll keep watching it. <laughs> we will be watching this as long as they keep I mean, listen, we're, 40, we're 45 minutes in, so we took out as long as the show aired. So, yeah, I'll watch, yeah, I'll watch the show as, yeah. long, as long as they keep putting it out. That's us. Trust, yeah. Trust that. Well, and then they showed us the, um, I guess there were some shoes on there, and I didn't know that these were trendy shoes. The ones with the balloons, the deflated balloons. Did you see those shoes that she was wearing that apparently are on all the runways? Where no. the, there was like, it's a balloon on top of the. When was she wearing them? When she came back from shopping oh. with all of the shoes, and she's trying know. to make herself feel better. Yeah, I didn't know. So she's shoe shopping. Didn't really know. I was like, oh, God, I'm so out of it. But there were these very, these very like cool hip shoes with like balloons. But huh. the balloons are deflated. 
You didn't see that? No. Hmm. I don't I think there were no good fashions this episode. I will say, because I do really, honestly, the best fashion was on Richard Burton. His rainy day, <laughs> his, rain his, rain, his raincoat and rain booties, Richard yeah. Burton, was the most fashionable dog ever. Yeah. So I, do, I don't really notice the fashions that much because, yeah, people will comment about something that Carrie had on. I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that. I just unless it's something big and whatever, like yeah. when they went to the Met, the Met Gala, Met Ball, whatever. But no, the fashions. um no, normally I do, but this this time around there was nothing that really like I stri- liked- like came out at me and I, I mean I usually like what LTW wears, but th- god the statement necklaces are just it's too much. Yeah, sometimes the stuff she wears is super weird, but mm-hmm. um I liked what Lizette was wearing at the fashion at the uh jewelry show. I she can't had, remember. It was like a dress that then turned into a oh, headscarf uh, yeah. type of thing. Hmm. I don't know. She's just so young and cute. Yeah. I mean, she can probably wear... I mean, she's really tall, too. So she can wear anything. But, God, what did they put Miranda in? I mean, she is such a dork. Like, when she went into the um, the tattoo place, she's wearing, like, a bucket hat. I mean, she they keep putting her in the dorkiest yeah. L.A. dork... Um, tourist because outfits. yeah i think that's the, maybe that's intentional they're trying to make her look like a tourist like she doesn't belong there oh maybe you know because yeah she's wearing goofy <laughs> like the jean jacket <laughs> oh, and God, it's a just, bucket hat i it's mean so bad come on it's so bad anyway all right well and just like that just the like podcast that. is over <laughs> well thank you so much for tuning in if you like this podcast please subscribe um we really do appreciate subscribers and we appreciate reviews please give us if you haven't already a five-star review and write a few kind words um we are on we are on social media we got to get better about our social media yeah i kind of select off. Uh, i know i'm just so i got it's just been um you know, full-time jobs and life and all that stuff. We We got to get better. I was doing, I did my audiogram and I got to do more of those. It just, I just got to like, I got to block out like a full day to do a bunch of stuff. It's just so hard. We tried to take some pictures at the wedding that we went to a couple weeks ago, but it was on the beach and it was so windy Uh and our hair was all over the place and we couldn't get a good picture. (laughs) We all had sunglasses on. So, Well, we were going to do some things on that wedding. It was a lot. We went to a couple weekends ago, we went to San Diego down to Coronado for a family wedding and... We were going to record things, but the way, it was a lot. It was a lot of activity at that yeah, wedding. Yeah, it was a lot of activity and just not enough time. Yes. So, um, so we will get better on that. But you can. Uh, but if you follow us, you will always learn what is happening and when the episodes are out. Um, and you can make requests of things to uh, for us to cover there. Um, so we are at Psych Legal Pop. Um, both tiktok and instagram and yeah i think that's it tell a friend about the podcast we really appreciate the support and i think that's it tell your uh, friends who are fans of and just like that yes and of sister wives so and just like that all summer long on mondays and sister wives our rewind is happening on tuesdays so we'll see you next time bye bye